When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we live, Brian? We are live. Okay. I got to uh, get it pulled up on your YouTube channel here. Oh, I see the link now. Um, all right, guys. Sorry. We had a little technical difficulties there at the top. You know, uh, Brian and I were fearful that our channels and our Periscope were part of the uh, attack on the uh, the elite, you know, the Elon Musks, the Kanye West, the lulls of the world, Brian. Uh, do you share this uh, conspiracy? I do now. I do now. It wasn't because then I was an, I an idiot and made it private. It's probably because they're after us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the uh, we have had to be very careful uh, with our content ever since our live stream on Saturday. You know, there have been the Illuminati cabals of shadowy figures have been kind of after us. So, you know, we're trying to lay low a bit. That uh, Illuminati would have fit in really well with uh, in about the, the the third and a half hour of that live stream. Uh, we might even talk um, spoke on it, uh, but uh, so we should say thanks to Bobby Gomes, Chris Randone, Alex Baker for showing showing up, hanging out. Yeah, I mean we uh, we had extended the in invite to some MMA thought leaders, and uh, we ended up getting a KTOV thought leader in return. And uh, yeah, so we got a we got a, a typical show tonight. Although I will, Brian and I will both caveat. We've been a bit busy today. I know Brian's got some NASCAR lineups to build. I didn't actually get to my PGA lineups. I was too busy squeezing in my MMA, which I believe are already tanked. Brian as my highest owned fighter here at seventy two percent. Diana Belbita was submitted in the first round, so I, I think I can pretty much just set this card on fire. Ouch! Yeah, that's gonna hurt. I had a ton of. Let's see here. What is that? Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Okay, I didn't have too much of him. What was the What was the the girl who just uh, who got it? The girl I had that bombed was Deanna Belbita. Deanna Belbita. Okay, I might have had a lot of her. Uh oh. See, I, I, I would doubt that you had a ton of Abdul because he was projected to be like fifty percent owned. Yeah, I uh, my fade looked like Jack Shore, who was pretty high owned too. <laughs> and he was like a 90% favorite to win at lock coming up to the lock here. DFS lock. That's pretty yeah. damn high for UFC. Yeah. It, it feels where I'm already having flashbacks. I mean, to uh, our Saturday night show, uh, watching, uh, you know, MMA DFS during our, our live stream. It feels, feels good to be back again in the saddle. Yeah. Now that, those are good sweats. So we didn't have a good one. Uh, on Saturday, no, no one was live really of, of our group. And no, yeah, I think Randone said he was live in the 555 for a little bit there. 
I mean, I definitely believe him. I think you can trust everything he says. Um, all right. Uh, so OA is in the chat. He says he came for the tout wars analysis. Uh, Brian, why don't you, for people who are maybe uh, unfamiliar with what's going on, uh, set the landscape for them. What's been going on with these tout wars? Well, there's been an influx of DFS sites popping up in an already pretty saturated market, I would say. I don't know about what you think. Not all the sites that are currently in are great, so more competition, the better, I think. But um, in a, in, and the interesting thing, I think, with all these new sites popping up, and Peter, you can always tell me what you think, is the amount of guys moving from site to site. It's yeah. not just like some new site with some new guy. It's guys you know who are going and coming. And so that leads to a lot of Twitter chatter amongst them. And it's kind of heated up in the past few days. And I wanted to uh, uh, contribute to that and, and <laughs> make it even hotter. <laughs> I did a little poll. And also, I, here was the, the behind this is um, – I wanted to convert these to odds. Now that it's over, I can. I'll, oh, okay. I'll put these to odds. And obviously, a five-year bet, they won't, you know, no one will ever want to do. But at least there's some little price discovery mechanism here so people can, you know, make up their own thing. I thought the interesting thing was uh, Draft Cheats beat out Run Pure, and he just announced just <laughs> – We don't even know what it looks like. The one thing I will say about this poll is I feel like it's a little skewed in that – uh, Osimo is, you know, by far the most established site with a proven track record and a longevity where these sites are all unproven commodities that have barely rolled out. So it's a little hard to compare those. I also have probably have more Osimo followers than you know, <laughs> all the other sites too. So it's, it's definitely, uh, not fair, but the, the odds will show it there. So that, and, you know, it's going to be whatever minus 200 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this would be it would actually be interesting to if Twitter allowed you to do a bigger poll to include like, you know, 10 people or whatever. Um, These guys were also talking shit. That's why I put them all in there. They, they're all talking shit. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. And the next one I wanted to do was um, who were the other guys I wanted to put in there? God damn it. I can't find ETR it. probably. ETR. Yeah, definitely. ETR. Uh, I was thinking about putting them in there, but then I throw DC in the last one. ETR, um, uh, Mitch, uh, Mitch's rise or fall. He he he, he wanted in the mix. Yeah, he wanted in the mix. <laughs> so I'm gonna throw him in there. Who was the other one? And there was another one in there that I've never even heard of that got like a bunch of likes. Let's see, it's like win something in the in the title. Can you see it in there? I'm scrolling through. I'm scrolling it here. Um, oh, was it JM to win? Was it his? Uh, I don't know if he was running. It didn't say JM in the title. It said win daily or something. Yeah. Here, let me look. Oh, win daily sports. There it is. Yeah, I've, I've literally never heard of that in my life. And um, well, one of the one of these I, a, a requirement I wanted is like you have to be interested in sports betting because I think it's kind of a no brainer. You one of the, somebody from sports betting is going to make a huge site. Yeah. And your DFS, your DFS niche market five years from now, eh, you're not going to be as big as the site that does DFS and is awesome at sports betting. Yeah. So these smaller sites that don't even do sports betting, I don't even want to pull them up there, but then I was going to like, just do like a, you know, 
a bracket. So these four, then the next four, and then the, the next four after that I thought about doing was the like legacy uh, sites, like the um, the publicly traded ones. So Roto Grinders, Fantasy Labs, um, Daily Roto, and Elite Guru. Yeah, I thought that would be a good one. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. I feel like the, you know, getting into sports betting has been almost like a cliche for DFS sites to talk about. You know, it, you hear oh the impending gold rush, and I actually do believe that, but I don't actually see a lot of sites positioning themselves for that. Um, and I think a big part of that though, on the other hand is like doing really good sports betting content is really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Good. I mean, good. Uh, good is definitely the, the problem. The, the thing, I mean, you can make a lot of money, not be good though. That maybe that's what I was, I'm getting at. So that's why I put in there the biggest, however you want to define that. Yeah. I don't care how you want to define it. Define it however you feel. So it could be like, you know, Osmo makes the best tools or something, but Run Pure is the biggest. They have the most users or something like that. They have the most, yeah. they need the most money. Who knows? Well, uh, and it's, it's honestly similar to DFS. So like the, the eternal struggle, right, is this idea of, actionable, positive EV information that helps you win money and entertainment and, you know, sports betting content or DFS content as a pure entertainment product. Because at the end of the day, the entire industry itself, even though money is what drives everything, it's still an entertainment product. And people have varying degrees of what they look for. You know, for some people, it might be the big personality, the sports betting. They just love watching them talk. And sure, they'll tail some of their bets. Who cares if they're just flipping coins, right? And yeah. then you might have this other site that is focused on tools. And again, we know the win rates for the best sports bettors. You might be at 57%, 58%. So we're literally talking about like a 7% difference. So it's like, how much entertainment quality are you willing to sacrifice for that extra, you know, six or 7% edge. And I think that's where this all gets really interesting. And when we see these tout wars, we're all kind of like on that sliding scale of like, are you focusing on entertainment and personalities yeah. or are you really committed to making your subscribers plus EV betters? Right. And you know, here's, here's something too, that I, uh, as I put in these garbage NASCAR lamps, I made in two seconds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, like it, people get pissed off about touts and just picks and all that type of stuff. We joke about it all the time, but like we're probably a different uh, market than your average Joe or whatever. My thought on it is like, like back when Soylent came out, you remember Soylent? Like it's the, 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 the pre-made soy boys. <laughs> it's the pre well when it first came out i ordered some i liked it i'm like oh i want one of these but the carbs are too high in it so i was looking for a carb variation of it yeah and i was going on reddit and everything and like this guy posted and it's like this uh i think it was like keto i can't remember what keto chow or something like that and like in all the comments everyone's like why are you looking for a pre-made one you could just buy this keto chow and make it yourself right and i'm like hey asshole i'm lazy as fuck <laughs> I don't want to spend 20 minutes making my stupid shake. I'll pay the extra couple bucks. And like to them, like it made no sense, right? It's like, why would you waste $2 for every shake? It's insane. It's like, cause I'm a sucker and I'm lazy and I want that product. 
like different people want different products. So like me and you might be like picks are for idiots. Like who would do this? There's no way this guy wins at 57% clip because he would just be betting on his own unless he's gotten totally uh, blackballed from all sports books, which is possible. Well, can he prove it too? And stuff like that. Some people just want to like be in a, let's call it a war room. And chat with a bunch of other fucking dudes coming up with all these narratives. Who knows what they do in there? Uh, and, 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 and like being like a little tribe of DFS guys and coming up with lineups that way. Some people just want fucking Davis Maddock and draft cheat to tell them, give me three thing, three bets you like right now. Yeah. They're not even line shopping. Yeah. Much less anything else. And it's none of your fucking business. Is yeah. my so like I'm all for touts and picks and, and if and if you want to protect the fucking people, you know, call your local fucking legislature, asshole. Even if you want to do that, right? And to again to your point, like it, it, I think what it all really comes down to, probably Brian, is expectation setting, right? Like I tailed, I've tailed draft cheats sports betting cards the past two weeks. I missed the boat on when to tail draft cheat. I'm taking an absolute bath. Am I bad at draft cheat? No, I made those bets because yeah. it was fun. He did some research. I he, he had a slightly more informed opinion on these than me. And I said, it'll be fun to have some money down on these. You know, that that's why I think the expectation setting have. So it's how are you positioning yourself? Um, and are you, are you selling lies? Are you saying all I do is give out winners and then people feel hoodwinked and disillusioned or are you saying look i did my research these are the bets i'm making feel free to tail if you'd like and if not move along whereas there are people who it's like draft cheat makes it fun on twitter when we all win it's going to be fun to all victory lap together on those wins we just got to be willing to eat the shit when we lose too yeah for sure and like if a movie said this is the best sci-fi movie of all time and you bought it and it sucked like who gives a shit you know what I'm saying? So, like, even if they lie and say they're good, in my opinion, you're an adult making a purchase, a consume, a voluntary exchange between two adults, and everyone else should stay the fuck out of it. So, I don't really care. So, when people talk about shit about all these sites and the directions, that's why I say biggest in the way you see it, in the way you want to define it. Yeah. If you want, if you want to say that be, uh, uh, Vegas Dave sucks balls and he'll never <laughs> win. That might be true. So for you, he's not the biggest. But then maybe someone else is like, oh, he's got 80,000 Twitter followers. He's the biggest. He sells the most packages or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, I just think it's just an interesting topic and, and kind of fun. But, but yeah, like, um, touts get so much shit on. And it's like, it, it's like, it's just stay the fuck out of it then, superstar. Like, you think you're so, so smart because you know, like, that this guy's probably not a winning sports better. Ooh. Ooh, you're so fucking smart. <laughs> Leave them all alone. Who cares? Well, and that's the thing that I when I I like boiling it down to actual percentages because a lot of this these bullshit wars are literally over like less than 10 percentage points. Like I use that example of like if you just flip a coin and you bet into null holds markets. So you are just flipping a coin. You're you're a 50-50 sports better. Like lots of people like doing flips. Like it's fun. And so the best guys are grinding out a five to six percentage edge. So we're arguing over five to six percentage points. Or I uh, I like zero RB. And I've seen the base rates on the studies. When you look at the best ball win rates, it'll propel you to like a 13 or 14% win rate. The guys aren't 
aren't doing it are at about a seven to eight percent win rate. We're again talking about a six percentage point advantage that creates these tribalistic wars on Twitter that trust me, I like stoking the flames on them. But the whole point is we're talking about relatively minuscule edges in the micro that of course, when large sums of money and over long periods of time can compound into really large victories. But in the micro, we, we're arguing about almost just minuscule, ridiculous things. Sure, that's fair. I think Fast Eddie Fear, he was one of the guys who was kind of getting into it with Alex just just lately from what I saw um, on Twitter. I th- he had a live stream. I didn't catch it, but I think he was going to mention something like that. Like, what's the difference between – like if you have a guy projected on your site at 66.6 and on my site he's 66.2, right? Like some like like why are we why do you think you're so much better? Uh, I don't know if he if that was his his point, but I think that's was something he was gonna kind of try to get at. I would say that actually does matter, but um, yeah, but I mean the I mean just just to agree with like you're arguing over small differences. Here's another thing. Here's another funny thing about this is like. All the sports betting sites are garbage right now, right? Can we agree on that? Like, I mean, someone could probably show me something. Right angle sports is supposed to be awesome, or they used to be, who knows now, but they're almost all garbage. Their information sucks. They have no, you have to, you know, read a lot of old school sports books or, you know, some of the new ones, if you read the right ones, are pretty decent too, I think. But like, none of that shit's out there. Like, easily, easily digestible. The tools all suck. There's, there's no, there's just a whole there's just a whole bunch of stuff missing right so when people are like guessing at what who's going to be the biggest they don't even know what they're going to do they don't even know what it's going to look like right what tools are you expecting are those tools what people are going to want or is it going to be the picks are they going to be a pick you know what i'm saying so like this is just a huge guess all this stuff in another element of the dynamic you were just describing um even outside of picks or tools is, uh, and it sounds very uh, new wavy and, you know, whatever to say this, but it's community. You know, people want to be part of communities. Why does Barstool have such a massive audience? Because people feel like they're a part of a tribe, part of a community of like-minded individuals. And some of these sites that might succeed with you know, subpar tools and picks, the reason they're going to succeed is because of their community building aspect. And all these sites have their discords, they have their slacks, but community manifests in other ways. It's the, oh, we all rally around each other when someone wins a GPP with our shared avatar. You know, there's all these things that, oh, maybe they're hosting events where they meet up. So people look to these things and they say to themselves, what's going to be the most fun community? Who are the people that I identify with? And I think that's another big thing that people are looking for when they sign up for a DFS site. As cheesy as that some t- it, that may sound, I think it's subconsciously influencing people's decisions. Yeah, 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 sure. I could see that. Um, that's, I mean, that's just another piece of the puzzle too, is like which one will Maybe it's a combination of all the things we've kind of mentioned there. Which one's yeah. going to take off? It's going to be it's going to be at least three or four, at least three or four big ones. I would say, kind of like what we have now in DFS. Right, because there comes we had this interesting pendulum, right, where all of there was it was mainly all the tout sites were these big established companies, Roto Grinders, Fantasy Labs, you know those those kind of companies, Daily Roto. 
And, you know, I kind of credit ETR for kind of paving the way for a lot of these people being like, wait, we can cut out the middleman. We can just get our own payment processor and we can just provide all the content on a WordPress site and charge people for it and not have to, to give a cut to our employers. And I do think this is also a trend playing out in all kinds of content, right? Like the Patreon model has exploded. Uh, you know, there's podcasts like Chapo House and stuff who are making, you know, a million dollars a year off of their podcast because they've just cut out the middleman. And so I do think the pendulum is going to swing though too far in that direction. And we're going to have an oversaturation where I can't go pay $5 or $30 for every content site a month. Like it's just not feasible. And so some of these guys are going to lose out. And I think that's kind of what your poll is hinting at. Like who is actually going to survive this when people don't have a thousand dollars in disposable income to spend on tout sites? Yeah. Yeah. And, and doing, doing a lot of things can also maybe keep you alive. So if you do DFS season long and sports betting, something like that, then they could just go, I'll just spend my whatever 40 bucks here every month. Um, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I also, I bet whoever wins is probably, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> not like them personally, but just like their product. I'm like, this is what, this is what the fucking noobs use. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of which fantasy Sharpie, he wants to know, Brian, are you a free agent? Brian, are you make your big announcement? Uh, the, the big new, someone actually was wondering if you were launching your own PGA site Everyone wants to know, do you even, do you even want to be a tout, Brian? That's a better question. Uh, it's my life's dream to be a DFS tout. No, uh, I am not making a PGA site. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, I, like I said, DFS sites are saturated, I think. Mm -hmm. So I would not start a DFS site. Although I have been contemplating doing something with sports betting and more of the, not not like picks and stuff like that though. Yeah. I don't really well, want you, to get it, but like yeah, it wouldn't look like what you would expect. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say uh DFS sites are definitely saturated, but you you would easily be able to get a lot of D, of subs if you wanted to sell your projections. People would be very interested in your projections. Yeah, maybe, probably. Um I'm I'm not I'm I'm not going to do that though, most likely. <laughs> Yeah. And with, like the, the other part that comes out of it is I'm guessing that, I mean, to make that work, and I'm sure you're thinking this through too, is like, well, not only that, but you'd have to be doing shows and you'd have to be doing a lot of content surrounding the projections. And just knowing you, my guess is that you wouldn't want that entire content workload. Yeah, for sure. There's no way. I don't, I, I don't want to do customer service. Oh my God. That would be awful. Plus I'd be horrible at it. I'd be like, fuck you, leave then. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it is a lot of work. Definitely a credit to all those people who have, you know, launched their own small businesses and they're dealing yeah. with all of those aspects. Because I don't know about you, Brian. Actually, I think I do know about you. But for me, it's like there. There are so many things I don't want to do. Like one of the reasons I love this streaming site we use, Streamyard, is because it is so easy to use and it doesn't take any stress or thought on me. I just press a couple buttons and we're good. Because what I want to do is be on shows. I want to talk to people I like. I want to be funny. I want to have fun. 
and I want to entertain and I don't want to do anything else. So shout out to the people who are like on the backside doing production and all of this stuff. Yeah. Because that shit sucks to do if you don't like it. For sure. That was the first, I think the first thing you asked me when I'm like, Hey, you want to do a show together many moons ago in the before times? And you <laughs> said, uh, 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 do you have a producer? <laughs> you said, I'm like, actually I do. Um, uh, and, and also all the, all those, all those workers behind the scenes and just the entrepreneur. So like, like, uh, for ETR, I'm a big Taylor KB fan. I think that guy's a stud. So like if you get associated with him, I think you got a good shot. And he, he's like, cause he's a legit entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, I, and I'm friends with all those guys at ETR. So you can take what I say with a grain of salt, but like the way that they have gone for quantity or sorry, quality over quantity with their hires and the kind of like slow pace that they've done and gone about it. Like, because there has been this nature to like this land grab, this arms race, it's who can get first, who can hire the most people, who can get the splashiest announcements. And you just see kind of ETR just quietly hiring the smartest people and just kind of building the thing. And it's just the classic, uh, what's the thing they say in writing classes, show don't tell, right? You don't hear them screaming about everything they're doing. They're just quietly assembling the smartest and best people to do their content. And ultimately I think that's going to be very uh, profitable for them in the long term. Yeah. I just don't think um, establishing the run is going to help you in basketball. You don't even run in basketball or baseball. It is. Uh, they really have an they issue. They have runs in baseball. So maybe that'll work. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. With maybe they just go straight ETR. See, I was trying to think of that the other day too. Uh, people were suggesting like establish the post or something. I think it needs to maybe, what about like establish the dunk? Like at least it kind of rhymes. Um, oh, God. So they're going to do multiple names, just a different name for each product. No, I, I, I no, I'm, I'm just joking. And oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think they're, I think it's just going to stay establish the run because it, it was a double entendre. Obviously, had the heavy football, but they also mean it in the like gambling sense, like establish a run of wins. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. So, and they already uh, do sports, like some sports betting, right? Yeah, they do those prop bet uh, sheets or whatever. Yeah, yep, yeah. Adam would do um, some of his favorite prop bets. So yeah, I, I'm sure they'll start to to dabble a little more. But knowing them, I would guess it's going to be like, hey, these are the bets I'm making. These are the prices I made them at. Um, you know, it, they, they, I, I doubt you'll ever see a lock of the week from uh, from ETR. Um, yeah. I did want to pull up this thread, Brian. It kind of dovetails on what we've been talking about. This is from the real Ricky D. He had a thread today that got some interesting discussion and kind of again dovetails with the, you know, the kind of what I consider the the content providers paradox of do you you know be really entertaining and bring a lot of people in. Or do you kind of really discuss the nuances and game theory and all of this range of outcome stuff that comes into DFS? I'll just read here. The missing link between winning at DFS and teaching winning DFS is the inability to discuss an algorithm. Algorithms and models are designed to optimally make hundreds of decisions for you. It's not something you can easily break down for an audience. And if you have a winning one, why would you want to? Very good players don't talk about certainties and conviction plays like regular touts do. They set their inputs and have the model create a range of acceptable plays in rosters. It's not sexy or sellable. Um, did you feel like you were being subtweeted there, Brian? <laughs> what what does subtweet mean? <laughs> subtweet is like when someone's talking about you without explicitly adding you. Okay. 
And 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 uh, so you're saying uh, the um, I'm agreeing with him then, right? No, I, I'm saying that you are you are someone that I think you have done a good job of kind of bridging where like you don't you don't give picks, but you've created these evergreen strategy videos that really speak to the nuance of DFS, and it's more the old teach you how to fish mentality opposed to giving you a pick, giving you a fish, and you just have to keep coming back from that fish. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Notice he says winning twice there. So when we were talking earlier, like if, if you don't care if you like a winner and you just want to get a bet down, you know, you could go wherever you want and whoever you like, and you know, I love it. Have at it. So he's just saying like, yeah, specifically winning, it's going to be tough to just win without, without algorithms. Now, can you go back up to his, the beginning, please? Sorry. So, yeah, without the the inability to discuss an algorithm. So I'm not sure entirely what he means there. What I would say is just like you have to ba basically take it. He has to give it to you or she has to give you their algorithm. Uh, discussing it would help. So like when um, a couple shows ago when uh, was it Cody Main? I can't remember the guy from ETI. Yeah. You know, he wanted my variables. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fucking giving you my variables, dude. So, like, that's close. Um, but yeah, I would, yeah, I would say it's really just like you have to, yeah. I guess you could tell them exactly what you did. Yeah. To get there, and then if they have any skills at all, they could, they could kind of redo what you tell them. Um, I mean, that, that, that's exactly what I think. Like, I don't think you can keep all these variables in your head. I think it's impossible. Maybe someone who specializes and is really smart can get an edge still in one sport, maybe. Yeah. Well, if I think so, I still would say no. Um, so without modeling and game theory, uh, I don't. I don't see how you could win. Could be wrong. What do I know? Well, and I think I fall into a subset of players, and I would guess it's a very similar subset to our audience who, who watches this and that I understand the nuances of DFS. I understand range of outcomes. I, I understand probabilities. I know that why locks of the week are absurd in DFS. On the other hand, I do not have any interest in doing my own modeling. Even if you taught me how to do it, I would not want to do it. It just isn't I don't want to say it's not intellectually interesting. It actually is to me. I just don't think it's how I want to spend my time. I don't think I'm necessarily particularly good at it. So I think for people like me, then it's kind of the interesting thing of how, how do we still be a positive EV better, even though we're not going to be making our own algorithms and models. And that's, I think, a, an interesting discussion. I would say you just take the middle of the road approach. We've talked about this, Peter, off, off air a bunch. Yeah. I think. And it's like you have to... Take, take the best sites out there, their content somehow, and then apply the game theory aspects as best as you can. And I think, I think honestly, you could still win that way. Um, you know, you know, you might not be uh, the best. You know, you might not be able to play like the bet, like with the the, the the high stakes and stuff like that, but. Um, you could definitely still win, and uh, I would say it's better than being the narrative guy who like specializes in sport. I think it'd be way easier and probably have a way better shot at winning than 
than than being that like and I, I'm not I don't know why I keep mentioning but he just comes up with fast Eddie fear so he does model I guess he never shows his model never shows his projections or at least he didn't I don't know if he's gonna do that in FTN uh, but he just talks you know he just talks and he goes oh this guy's out so this guy will get 35 minutes and this guy will get uh, put him at about 46 percent or 46 projected and he guesses at ownership and stuff like that um I would I would say the middle of the road approach would be way better than that. Way way easier. You get a better shot at doing um, making a profit. So find someone's projections you like, and then read as much game theory and how to adjust those things. This is we're talking GPPs here, obviously. Yeah, I was just gonna clarify that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and uh, uh, and whatever, you know, and then and then do your research on like. Compare, you know, I, I said this point a few times, and I, I'm going to say it one more, one more time, just because I think it's important, and it and it seems stupid, but I think it's important. Where you set your process up that you that you like, compare it to good players, and let's say you got that process, like it's kind of good. Compare it over multiple weeks, like two or three weeks, because you got to keep it, you got to keep the process the same. Because what will happen is you'll start changing it. And if you start changing it drastically, then you're just a narrative guy. You're just a narrative with numbers. It's pseudo math once you start. So, And the reason you do it over multiple weeks is because some weeks a value play will suck with your, pro- with your process. And some weeks he won't. And you can't tell that if you're switching your process all the time. So, like, if if you've done 10, 10 solid weeks, I'm just NFL or ten solid days slates, let's say, and like, there's like some days the value is is fade and some day the values isn't, right? Now you're onto something, right? If you're always fading all the top guys, or if you're always ch- you know chuck, then you're probably not right. And if you're and if you're just sitting in there tweaking, 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 it's and then once you can get confident in your process like that this kind of middle of the road process. It's so much easier because you're like, Oh, Webb Simpson's chalk, but I still have 60% of them, but that's fine because two weeks ago he was chalk and I had none of them. Right. Yeah. You know, shit, shit like that. And you're not guessing anymore. Like, Oh, should I play 80% TJ McDonald? You know? Yeah. And one thing to kind of add, and then I want to hit a couple of questions in the chat to all this is it, it also, uh, depends on what your goals are and also what your content or uh, contest selection is, right? Like if your goal is to be a profitable player and you're only playing the like $30,000 three max contests, you know, that are super top heavy, you know, uh, or 20 max, sorry. I just mean the ones that, uh, are super large contests. Yeah. You're going to eat shit over and over and over again. If you want to play the hundred man contests or whatever, that's when you can really kind of tell, Hey, am I an above average player? Whereas I think Brian would agree, like the way I play where I'm only playing these big tournaments, I am just at peace with knowing I'm going to lose a lot, a lot of slates. And I don't get down on it. Like, sure. Maybe I do a little bit in the moment, but I understand in the macro that this is just what I'm doing. I'm just taking a very contrarian, high upside strategy, and I just want to bink one of these one of these days, and I just kind of have the constitution and the bankroll management to not feel sick to my stomach about it. And now some of the questions here in the chat, Fantasy Sharpie says, how much math and statistics knowledge do you think you need to actually develop a decent projections model? None. 
uh, I think, I mean, besides like high, you know, high school yeah. level, uh, you know, uh, knowing how to read and write and, 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 and you simple math, you need to know. But like beyond that, like if you've, you know, if you've taken whatever the mandatory college classes were, I don't even remember at this point, but that's more than enough. There's so many good uh, software programs out there too. Now it's speaking of entrepreneur, <laughs> they have made life a lot easier on us with Excel and stats programs and scrapers and all sorts of stuff that you would never be able to do in the eighties, nineties and early two thousands, probably even mid two thousands. Um, so you don't need to sit there with a pen and paper and, you know, uh, Van Neiman's game theory books to figure this shit out. Like uh, the game theory is the tough part. That's the tough part. How do you apply it? What are we doing here? You know, thinking about good mini games to extrapolate to this larger game and then applying it. That stuff's tougher than projections. Projections are pretty, pretty easy. And it really depends. Um, we don't, we're not reinventing the wheel here, right? Cause we have Vegas. We're not sports betters. We're fantasy players. So we can use the sports betters. Um, in some ways, you kind of do have to reinvent the wheel because there's just not enough information out there in a lot of these sports. So you basically are a sports better. Um, but you can always at least compare something to the Vegas odds or props or whatever and like see how far you're off. Or just straight up steal them and then adjust them. Like you don't, you don't need – for projections, you don't need a ton. And obviously, there's tons of optimizers out there. Don't need that anymore. You had to do that in Excel when we first started, <laughs> um, which was super annoying. And then you don't you don't need that much. You do. It, it doesn't hurt though. Especially there's a difference between math and statistics too. Statistics, like, do you know what a linear regression is? Do you know what a nonlinear regression is? Do you know how to use R at all? And um, do you know how to do OSS and uh, cross-validation to test your stuff? Um, that's not math. That's just knowing how to use the stats programs and what applies to, in what situation. Um, and that definitely is – you got to look it up and, and figure it out. That's not – but the, so that that's harder than – way harder than the math you need to know. And Sean, I mean, you kind of hit on this before, but maybe you can kind of give your your nuanced answer again to put a fine point on it here. But he says, so do you think that without modeling your own projections, you can't have long-term success? I mean, so long-term is like five years from now, probably. You probably do need to model for that kind of long-term success. But right now, I don't think so. I think right now you can use your favorite provider content providers projections you know hopefully they're decent i mean that's why awesome pulled so high is because everyone knows these are good so like using those projections is and it sucks for me i wish those weren't available honestly i wish that none of no one made good projections it would help me out a lot but it really does matter because like the difference especially pga the difference between the golfers is really tight. A lot of the golfers is like half a point or something like that. So if you're off, the optimizer is going to just get rid of this guy who should be owned. And um, it really can screw you up being off, I don't know, 8% or something like that from optimal projections. 
but I think you still can you still can win if you pick the right projections and then utilize them. You can't just take Osmos projections, put them in Fantasy Cruncher, click enter, and make money. It's not going to happen. Well, you could get lucky. You could get lucky. But leaving that aside, you're you know, you, let's say you have to play a hundred slates before you can cash out. You're, you're going to lose. And he would say he would say the same thing. And they have a bunch of strategy videos on there on how to use it too. So, uh, what do you think, Peter? Yeah, well, the one thing I was going to, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but so when he says that, when he asked that question about long-term success, I'm also going to assume you're answering this from your perspective, which is you are max entering, you know, virtually every tournament. Your your goal is to get first place in these big tournaments with big prizes. And I would just say for me too, it's like, I'm I'm personally not doing that. I'm, I'm focusing on the smaller contests, contests that Brian literally isn't allowed to enter. Um, and I think, don't you think that might be on a curve that, um, if you are really specific with your contest selection and, you know, not just playing all the big ones that there is maybe a more feasible route to profitability without a model. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I wasn't even considering that. (laughs) That's true. And what you said earlier too was, is completely true. If you're playing the Millie, right, there's 150,000 entries, you, let's say you have one entry, and every let's say everyone's even. You have a one in one hundred fifty thousand shot, <laughs> you know, right? So it would take one hundred fifty thousand years to realize your your expected value, unless you're RBX eighty eight. Unless you're RBX, he has a ten percent chance of winning million every single time. So we're all dogs to RBX eighty eight. So yeah, you do that. You play in the low. Oh, and how many times are we going to say this, Peter? Shows in a row. Super draft, play super draft, play fantasy draft, play Yahoo. And, um, and yeah. I'm I'm exhibit A of like the stubborn person. I literally have I deposited five hundred dollars on super draft a, a few weeks ago to try to play MMA. I didn't get it in time to make lineups, and I keep every time like I could have gone and done super draft tonight, but just because I'm not as familiar with my process for building lineups and you know importing them over there, I just haven't done it. Even though I know. As uh, as a player that's looking to be profitable, and the fact that I might have a little bit better edge there, that I should be focusing on, and I still don't do it out of pure laziness. And I think that actually kind of speaks to what you're hinting at: is like there's all these little small edges, and if you truly want to be a profitable player that doesn't use a model, you have to be hunting out all of these edges. Oh, there's a contest that isn't going to fill, and it's going to have a little overlay. Boom! I got to get in that. Oh, we're doing i racing DFS. And the starting positions aren't released till 10 minutes. And Osimo updates his projections before that. And 80% of the field isn't doing that. Boom. Those are contests I need to be playing in. So it's this accumulation of small edges that over time can result in you being a slightly profitable player. The question is, are you, you know, willing to go to that effort to hunt those out? Or do you get lazy like me sometimes? That, that For sure. Yeah. And we talked about this earlier too, with sports betting. I guarantee once, let's say 50, 45 states have legal sports betting, let's say that's eventually the number, I guarantee like 90% of people still won't line shop. And you're, you're just going to lose that way. There's no, you don't, you're not going to even break even. It's just, that's what, that's what using these other sites is, is line shopping. It's like, okay, it's less vague. The players aren't as good. It's better to play here. And maybe in certain sports, better to play somewhere else. But yeah, if you, if you want, I mean, if let's say that's 2% or something. If you get down a hundred thousand dollars over the year, you know whatever. How much is that? I don't even know how much that is. Like uh, two hundred bucks a day or whatever, three hundred bucks a day. 
Uh-oh. I'm like, is this the pace I'm on? <laughs> uh, I'm actually looking at the map. Uh, 273 a day. Good thing I do not play my usual volume on every single day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And that's, so that's a big that's a big difference. Just those just those couple clicks. Um, and if you're just playing like people with a hundred thousand people in the tournament, you know, you could lose the whole year. It's tough to win, tough to win those. Yeah. Um, okay. OA has a question in the chat, getting a little bit more into specifics, but talking about, I think he's kind of referencing everyone using, like if everyone's using Osmo's projections, he says, at what point does randomness wash out differences in projections, which we're kind of getting back to the whole, what does randomness do again? But I figured I'd pass that along. Um, it's high. It depends on the spread too of the highest uh, projected player to the lowest in the sport. But like it's it's up there. I think it's like three hundred percent classic, something like that. And then you're gonna get a pretty flat spread. It's probably more like five hundred percent, five hundred percent, and then it almost doesn't matter. But I guess if you did, if you do enough runs if you made ten thousand crunches it still should show a malcolm gladwell approved number of crunches <laughs> i was thinking about him the other day when before we started this about touts and it's like touts are like malcolm gladwell he's the same fucking thing he 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 reads the research of other people who know what he doesn't right like and looks at numbers and comes up with a story in a narrative. I mean, that's what touts do. They're like, okay, well, this, this, this guy says this, 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 and here's the reasons. And here's some projections, does a lot of research for you and gives you their Malcolm Gladwell pick of the day. I, I don't, honestly, I don't see a difference except Malcolm Gladwell, you know, is, is, you know, this, this held up on a pedestal and wins a bunch of awards, I'm assuming. And touts are a bunch of pieces of shit in, in the D, in the DFS world. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's your money. Don't, if you don't like it, don't, don't spend it. Don't spend it on them. And another point I will say to people kind of wondering, you know, it's always the thing like, what do I have to do to be profitable? And uh, I think you have to be intellectually curious about all of this stuff to the point that you, you have to be the guy that's you're reviewing your lineups. You're reviewing what top people are doing. You're back testing stuff. You are looking and trying to approach this from all these different directions. You want to see how many lineups are being duped. You know, there's all of these different things that you need to be doing. And I think that comes from a curiosity. And I am, like I said, there's some things that I am curious about and I will do, but I know there's also a limit to my curiosity, but I also am realistic about my chances of winning. I'm not in delusion. Like, why am I not winning? Well, I also know there's some things I don't put in the work for, but I don't want to do that, but at least I'm realistic about it. So if you want to be a profitable player, you also better be damn curious and damn willing to do the work to get good and get better because it's not going to be easy. Yeah, and if, and if you're the guy who wants to be that, like, I want to be profitable, blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to Vegas Dave for your information. Like, it's like, dude, you get what you get. Like, what do you expect? Like, that's not going to make you a winner. Um, I mean, maybe Vegas Dave, he just, he wins all, all, all the time apparently, but it probably most likely you're not going to be a winner with that without putting in a decent amount of effort. But there's a lot of people giving out good information where you could, you might be able to break even, Sports betting, even I bet in the first few years of sports betting here, I bet you'll be able to make money from 
tools and touts and bonuses and stuff like that in line shopping. I think I don't think it would be I don't think it's gonna be all that hard to make a couple grand at least. As long as you're not an idiot about your bankroll. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean there are like props are still one of the softest things out there. It's why the sports book limit them. You know, like you'll get banned if you are nailing these props for the max over and over. But if you just want to do fifty dollar props um and get these soft lines before they move, like you can definitely be profitable. But again, it's the definition of like by the letter of the law. Yes, you are profitable. Is it enough to quit your job? Is it enough? Like what is your goals of profitability? It's the scaling of it with sports betting that I think becomes particularly tricky because the the things that there aren't limits on are betting spreads and spreads are super efficient. And any sports book will let you bet $10,000 on, you know, picking one of the sides, you know? So I think that's another question is when you say you want to be profitable, to what extent is it literally just saying I'm in the green as a sports better? That's very realistic. Is it, I want to make, you know, $50,000 sports betting this year. Okay. That's going to be right. a little harder. Yeah. No, if you want to make a living off of it, you know, good luck. There's like whatever 1% of people can do that. Maybe less than that. Um, but you never know, like Rufus Peabody, maybe he signs with one of these companies and he's legit. Um, so like, Right Angle Sports apparently used to be able to to win. They were a betting syndicate, and then they gave it like two years of two years of giving out plus EV bets. Like they would, I, I was just reading a book on this the other day, and like I guess they their so their syndicate would bet it, then they would to their providers give out those lines after they bet it, and then the providers would hit it. And they were so plus EV for two years that you could even hit it after that and still win money that year. But now I guess they, I, I don't know if it's as sharp. I, uh, uh, I'm assuming it's, it's, it's not, or it's probably not as close. That that's insane. If you can hit it three times with groups of people <laughs> and still yeah. make money. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's, that's also like, that's just free money. That's someone else doing all the work. And uh, it's probably, that's probably not going to happen. Like, but, um, being, you know, being, a pro- being a professional sports better, I think is pretty unlikely for for an individual, not just because it's hard and it's, you know, it's like very few people could do it because you're going to get banned. You're going to get limited. And so you're going to have to play that once you figure out how to win, you're going to have to figure out how to get around getting banned too. And you, people could do it. They do it. Um, so it's not just about, it's not just about figuring out how to, how to model and everything too. Yeah. This is a, I think this is a pretty good conversation about kind of setting some realistic expectations. Um, and also just knowing the uphill battle you have, if you are like me and you don't want to do your own modeling. Um, and it kind of brings us back full circle to then how important it is to, like you said, either aggregate the the best stuff across the industry or having someone's projections that you really trust. Because at the end of the day, you're going to need those projections as the bedrock of your process. Yeah. Aggregate is like maybe uh, you're not going to win either just by aggregating and plugging them into an optimizer. I think you, I think that's a losing strategy. And ag- it's like, why would you aggregate? So like, let's say, you know, the example I always give, like the DFS gods came down and gave you the best projections possible. Why would you aggregate that with anything else? Right. So like, if you know, someone's projections are more accurate, 
then you're just making them worse mm-hmm. by aggregating with someone's shitty projections. So, um, and you're not using game theory there either, where some people I've read will like, they think, uh, I'm different because I'm aggregating site X and site Y. So it's going to give me a different exposures than everyone else. Like, yeah, you're different, but the direction of your exposures has no basis in game theory. It's just, you're aggregating one shitty projection with a good one or two shitty ones together or two good, or maybe two good ones together. But, um, but that doesn't mean like that your exposures are based in, in any sort of like statistical analysis. Yeah. Eli reasons though, he really brings us back to the matter at hand. Still feel it's kind of unfair. You guys haven't touched on the importance of depositing in your DFS process. I mean, this above all is what you have to be good at. Brian can talk about modeling all he wants, but if you don't know how to go to that payment page and sync up your PayPal account and deposit your hard-earned cash onto these DFS sites or to pay for your favorite DFS content providers, you can't win, Brian. You literally can't win unless you know how to deposit and how to deposit well over and over and over again. Yes. I sports betting is going to be so good for you, man. It's going to be so good. There's going to be so many sports betting sites you can deposit on. I'm going to do a uh, deposit video. I'm not even kidding. I think I told you this. Don't, don't say what it is stuff I did about how to actually make money in, in sports betting uh, with bonuses. And it's someone will probably beat me to the punch if I don't get around to it, but and this is like old school sports betting tips, but it, it will be purely about depositing. So that's my dude. I'm going to smash the subscribe <laughs> button once I see that. Speaking of smashing the subscribe button, how are we looking on the likes over here? Wow. Net 14 likes. Okay. We got 26 people watching. And I do think we had an issue with my Periscope tonight because it's, I think it, I think it broadcasted it out, but I don't think I, it did my tweet. Um, so that is why. Um, our numbers are down. So Brian, I mean, we, neither of us did our PGA research. Do we continue the tradition alive of making a lineup? Um, I did do ownership. It's up to you. Like, I mean, I kind of like the, uh, the tradition. I I say we, uh, wrap things up by making a Millie maker lineup. All right. Let's do it. Why don't you bring that up? And I I got one question here. We didn't ask. Oh yeah. Grab it. From Sean, so do you think? Oh wait, I'm sorry. From Fantasy Sharpie, do you think your projections are better than several other popular ones around the in- industry? So um, I think in the major sports, I think I think I'm not I'm not even 100 percent positive anymore. To tell you tell you the truth, but I think I think they are better in most most of the major sports. In some of the smaller ones, I know they're better. Like I'm 100 percent positive. I don't want to call anyone out, but I've looked at looked at someone, and they're like, they're not right. Like they they don't make any sense compared to the Vegas odds. They're like completely backwards on some 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 of the players and stuff. So, um, and that's always a good. That's in sports betting too. Smaller markets, like if you can if you can come up with projections, like League of Legends, the first month there, stuff like that, uh, before people get in. Are we looking at Chase Kepka now? All right, Eli, I just wanted to make sure I knew what uh, Chase Kepka shot last week. I didn't mean to. I wanted you to finish, though. I was just going to look this up while you were. 
Okay. Yeah, I got to bring up my ownership anyways. I think he shot like plus nine, I want to say. It was called the Workday work work Championship, something like that. Let's see here. Uh, so he shot a 161. Uh, I got it. He shot a plus 17. Plus 17. In two uh, days, obviously. In two days. And the rest of that lineup was kind of decent, wasn't it? Um, who who'd we have? Poulter. Poulter, my guy, dude. Come no. on. Poulter Brooks, just crushes. Brooks missed the cut by one. Oh, God. Okay. So we were screwed regardless. Yeah. I think uh, we had a good lineup, though. We changed it. We had, like, Justin Thomas in there. We that's changed what, that's, it's go. It proves your point, Brian. We can't keep all these variables in our head. Yeah, well, this is what we're doing for sure. <laughs> this is our Malcolm Gladwell lineup. Yeah, this is after all the stuff we just talked about, about how important projections are. We literally go, we haven't done our projections. We're going to make a lineup on the fly. It's fun. It is like, fun. Why don't people just get the fuck over themselves? They love like pointing out, oh, my God, oh, my God, this guy's wrong. It's like, no shit, Sherlock. We know that fucking Vegas Dave doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. You're, <laughs> you're really, you're a real genius. Um, I mean, who hasn't like bet with their buddy, you know, at like – a Hawaii football game at 11 at night. You know what I mean? The only game on like second half. What do you just want to take the under for shits and giggles? I think I told this story before me and my buddy did that. We bet on, we bet on Hawaii, whatever. It was like 12 or one in the morning. They were down 45 to nothing at halftime. And the coach was fired mid game. This is like five, six, seven years ago. I swear he was either fired mid game or like the minute after. The game was over, and we bet them the win. That's how horrible this fucking bet was. Goodness. Uh, what Brian didn't uh, – or he forgot to mention is that we are going to start charging for this portion of the show where we make a Millie lineup without projections. It is going to go Patreon only. The rest of the show will continue to be free, but when Brian and I off the off the hip you know, fire one of these lineups, we are going to have to start charging you guys. Patreon uh, slash Deposit King. Yes. I mean – I uh, I need somewhere to deposit from, guys. We got to keep this uh, snake's tail of depositing going. All right. I, I literally don't even know where to start. These are all just names for me. Is there any? Anyone- I'll tell you some value, guys. Okay. Uh, well, here's my high, uh, my highest own uh, right now. I have uh, uh, Patrick Cantlay again. Okay. 25%. John Rahm, 20.7%. Um, Tiger? Tiger at 22. Okay, yeah. And these are just all the value guys. Like Justin Rose, I have is like five percent owned. Pretty bad value up there. Um, I didn't I didn't do my typical process, so I don't know what I'm gonna be leaning towards yet. Yeah. But these are all the the value guys. Let's see. I got uh, so let's see up top. Up top, I kind of like Rory. Okay, let's do it. I have him higher projected than the industry f- folks. Yeah. Um but hopefully I'm wrong and they're right. And he's low owned. You yeah. Start? I mean, yeah, I, I like it. I also, again, I know very little about golf, but what I did hear for a while is that Rory was the best golfer in the world. And I feel like people have just gotten burned by him in a few of these recent tournaments because he didn't close them out on Sundays. Um, if he's going to be low owned uh, in this field and everyone's going to be wanting to chase tiger and the du jour can't lay, let's do some Rory. 
I'm yeah, I'm taking the over on his ownership compared to the popular sites out there. But hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong. Like he's a 10 seven is pretty low for him and he's got a pretty good chance. I haven't had second best chance of winning the tournament. And before the thing with him before with the salaries at like 11, eight and stuff like that, like he basically has to take first, his <laughs> take first or second. And like just a ton of birdie bogeys that cost him first. Yeah. To get those points back. But at 10, seven, he, he can, he can be, you know, what a top five, something like that. Tell me what ownership do you have for my guy Poulter? Oh God. Let's see. Is he, he's he's got to be inching up there, right? 7.6. And in his bracket of whatever, the you know, two or three hundred salary, he's not that great. So I have like Streelman, Billy Horschel, Byung Hung and better than him. Um this is for ownership or just raw no, projection? Just like, yeah, just like raw projection. Um, okay. Adds to make the cut, um, you know, T10, T20, stuff like that. Fine. Um, but his ownership is lower than all those guys, too. How is that happening? How, how does he just crush every week and his ownership never gets higher? Yeah, you were predicting 20, 20 points, 20, 20 uh, percent this week, weren't you? I think so. I mean, I, I'd screw it. We got to put Poulter in there. Yeah, put him in there. He's dead. That's not bad. Um, um Benny okay. Ann's right in there. He's been burning people. Benny Ann and Jordan Spieth, of course. Man, his odds are not great. I still think Spieth's going to win one within the year. Within a year. Um, who see. else do you like? Uh, who'd you put in there? I, I like. I, I kind of like Benny Ann. Okay. That's, just, that's just my bias of a guy who's been playing like shit. I, I love it. it. We got a zig when everyone else sags. Who who do we who what do we did like? You, what did you have for Ann's ownership? For who? Ann. Seven point six. Okay, so I should probably be adding this up, huh? So we got a couple seven point sixes and whatever you said you had Rory at. Okay, let me. I guess I could actually pull something up. Let me add this in here. All right. So that is uh, 32% almost right now. Okay. What are we, what, what, what did we do last time? Are we going for 50? 50. Okay. Let's just do that. We don't even know what the max ownership is yet. So, so. 50 would give us like a eight, five, five. Okay. Okay. Um, or we can obviously, if we, we do a total one percenter, it would give us some more flexibility. And and what's our salary like eight thousand range? Okay, yeah, eight thousand exactly. Ugh. Does Chat have anyone? Chat, we need you. Chat. Last week you gave us Chase Kepka, so how could we not return to the chat? <laughs> Eli reasons. Give us your pick. Give us your call. This is a this is a lineup made by the people for the people. We need your assistance to round out this lineup with Rory, Ian, and Benny Ann. Um. Let's see here. Hmm. This is what happens when I don't run my lineups. I literally yeah. don't even have – I have zero opinions. I have my one guy, Poulter, who I've kind of established as part of my my Lulz brand, and beyond that, I'm just lost. Yeah, I'm completely helpless without my model. I honestly would just be clicking names. What, do you, have, what do you have Spies ownership at? Um, 7.1. 
Okay, we have two suggestions from Eli. What about Golden Boy, Jim Furyk? I mean, you had me at Jim Furyk or Duncan in the mid six range. Any of those look good to you? Well, we don't need to go that low with eight thousand, but I guess that means we can get a stud back in there. So we had Duncan a couple weeks ago. America Makes runs on Duncan. <laughs> made, I run on Duncan. I get that shit almost every day. Six. Now you're good. Uh, yeah, I like it better than Starbucks. Oh, that's a hot take. Yeah, that's right. Do you Tyler, get hot coffee or iced coffees? It's just my, it's just my contrarian pick. Um, iced, iced always. Yeah. Even in, the winter. Even in the cold Chicago winter. Wow. What a, what a serial killer you sound like. <laughs> and uh, well, <laughs> what do you think I need the, co- the, the caffeine for? Uh, uh Tyler Duncan at one percent owned. I have him a little slightly under that. Like so, basically no ownership at sixty three hundred. Super long shot. Furick, I believe missed the cut by one last week because I yes he did. Yeah, me too. What what's his salary? Sixty five hundred. Sixty five. Man, that is pretty cheap. He's also eight hundred years old, which you actually thinks a benefit. I think the closer you are to God's door, the better golfer you are. Uh, yeah. you've never golfed with my old man then no. <laughs> um, <laughs> so fear i got 3.7 percent uh owned pretty good in that that range though you know who's who's who he's right next to who? The, the gooch oh man could the gooch potentially be on the loose again he he, he was good last week i always like sebastian munoz too he's he's kind of my my new uh, uh phil mickelson comparable it sounds like like we're just trending towards leaving like seven thousand dollars on the table no (laughs) we could get because if we go 65 and we could get like two studs okay so i don't don't care i'll do any either of those three gooch furic or munoz i'm gooch was pretty good last week wasn't he yeah he made the cut dude i think the gooch is on the loose these days you just want you just want to say the gooch is on the loose all right Back to the well. I said I was lost, but I, if I have Poulter and the Gooch on the loose, I mean, uh, I do see that we smoked out Jake Hari with a little bit of coffee talk. He had been eerily silent for 45 minutes of game theory talk, but he did pop out of his NHL hole to say, you've clearly never had a Trenta vanilla iced coffee from Starbucks. Um, <laughs> Burger fan says, what are the chances Furick ends up in a tournament winning lineup before he retires? Pretty good, buddy. Pretty good. Eli's on board with the Gooch top 10. He's giving it the Chase Kepka kiss of death. Um, we have 87.50 remaining for two spots. We can obviously head up to a new price range here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is Awesome got, still all over Jason Day this week? And we got 35% total ownership, so we got 15 to burn at least. Um. He's, I think he did tweet about that again. I'm not even, I'm not even sure. So. Eli, I kind of didn't end up taking one of your picks because you suggested Furick and Duncan and I, you know, went with my heart with Gooch. So if you have a suggestion in the, in the eights, um, let us I think know. We have to, to stay under the cap. I think we have to take. Um, I'm higher on Morikawa than the other than the um, DFS site out there in terms of ownership. Um, but he could possibly fit uh, Dustin Johnson, uh, Brooks Kepka, Ricky Fowler. 
Um, other than that, we I don't think we're gonna we're not gonna have enough ownership to spare for these other guys. Okay. So Morikawa. What did Dustin, you sorry? What did you? Who? Dustin Johnson's probably even too high. I have him at thirteen point one. Morikawa at like thirteen, twelve point six. Um, Brooks Kapka at eleven eight. Ricky Fowler at ten eight. I just want to see how much salary. If we do go more Kawa, that would put us back in the seventy five hundred range. Could we that, find like a that'll, yes, that'll definitely keep us there. So, yeah, so probably any of those guys will keep us in a. So which of those guys do you like the best then, of the high price? God, it's hard not to like Morikawa at that ownership. Let's do it. Okay. All right, so that gives us down to the seventy five hundred range. Um, Eli was pushing for Tiger. I'm sorry, I think he doesn't fit our ownership criteria. Too popular. Yeah, I am projected pretty high this week, like 22.6%. I mean, I love Tiger. I just, uh, he can't fit in this little game we're playing here. What about Phil? Phil had a random – what's his ownership? He came out of the woodwork a few I'm weeks. I'm at 2.9. 2.9. Do you oh. like him from a projection standpoint? And in his range, yeah, it's just fine. Yeah, those, all those guys are about the same to me. Here's um, my – Mickelson hasn't played for a few weeks, right? No, he he played a couple weeks ago. He played pretty well. He made the cut. Uh, I don't think he played last week, though, did he? In my head, I'm literally just conducting a narrative on the fly that Mickelson steps up his game when Tiger's in the field. I think he sees himself um, as kind of this race and this legacy with Tiger, and I think he steps up his game. I think he disres- feels disrespected. What do you think with that narrative? <laughs> I, anyone who wants to play Phil Nicholson, I'm on board, man. I love Phil. Nicholson. You love Phil? Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. He, he made the cut last week and then uh, had had a pretty bad Saturday, Sunday. Finished 58th, but made the cut. Okay. That's all we need. Phil's going to. Yeah, pretty cheap. Phil can also, if he, he, if he has any sort of game, can go birdie bogey, birdie bogey, birdie bogey, birdie bogey, finish, you know, 50th or 45th and still maybe squeaky in there with just raw DK points. That's what I like to hear. All right. I'm, I'm spending some crowns. I'm entering this in. Um, There you have it guys. Thank you for tuning in for uh, an interesting uh, week of wolves, but I I enjoyed uh, the, the discussion. We started with tout wars and then we got into, to game theory and modeling. It was good. Yeah, that was fun. Um, all right, guys. Well, have a great rest of the week. I still need to make some PGA lineups, but uh, I already know we got the million dollar one right here. So for Brick75, for Colin Morikawa, I'm Pete Overzet. We'll see you guys next week.
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.